Hello, and welcome to I Watch This As An Adult, the podcast where I review movies from my childhood from an adult perspective. And this week I reviewed 2001's Save the Last Dance. Okay guys, Save the Last Dance, 2001. I really don't have any uh, things that I've watched today, so we're just gonna get straight to this movie. I really want <laughs> to get straight to this movie because I got a I got a lot of things to get off my chest about this movie. So strap in, folks. It's gonna be a wild ride. Um, first of all, this movie <laughs> was a test to get through. Such a test because this movie's like nearly two hours. It's nearly two hours, and it's just, I don't think I've had such a tough time getting through a movie to review for this podcast since The Net. This rivals The Net with how fucking boring and monotone this goddamn movie is. It's just like, I think I said, uh that the net was like watching paint dry like this was like clockwork orange you know know, like the scene in clockwork orange with the whole dude's eyes open and you're like no no that's what that's that's that saved the last dance for me it was like fucking like they were holding my eyes open and they were just like forcing me to watch it just like no please don't i i almost fell asleep on it that's how bored I was with this movie. And I kept checking <laughs> to see how long I had left in this movie. I was like, yo, man, I'm only, I was like, yo, man, I'm only like 40 minutes in. Fuck. You know, <laughs> I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait for this shit to be over with. Oh, my God. Like, I, like I said, I almost fell asleep on it. I was like, I dozed the fuck off. And then, oh, shit, I'm, I forgot. I'm like, I'm reviewing this movie. I'm reviewing this movie for a podcast. I have to watch it. So, yeah, man, that's that's pretty much kind of the gist of what you'll get from from Save the Last Dance, but let's talk about let's talk about the movie. Uh first of all, this movie came out in like a weird time in Hollywood, I want to say cuz um like I think you might say in 2001 like Hollywood was going through kind of a transitional period I want to say I want to say it was going through kind of a transitional period like this movie came out around the time where like Hollywood was looking for like a new crop of stars you know like uh like Tom Cruise was getting old Denzel Washington was getting old Julia Roberts was getting old you know all these guys like like they're like from the 80s going in the, in the 90s they had their heyday in the 90s and like the 2000s is coming up we need to find somebody to replace them and we're in 2020 and we still got Tom Cruise and Denzel Washington and not too much Julia Roberts because they get rid of women like really quick you know like women do not last in Hollywood very long because uh, like all I want to say all the 
the uh, actresses from like three decades ago. They ain't, they ain't really in anything anymore. Like Meg Ryan, you don't see anymore. Andy, like you had like Andy McDowell. Uh, like I said, Julia Roberts, uh, Sharon Stone, like a lot of those like actresses, like they don't really put them in things anymore. You know, uh, Halle Berry's still around, but like that's Halle Berry, and even her, she's kind of like uh, scratching and clawing still. <laughs> she's scratching and clawing still, like Jennifer Lopez is still stuff. She's like she's still still in stuff. She's still scratching and clawing. You know, like a lot of these, like old, like a lot of older actresses are scratching and clawing. Uh, like uh, even now, uh, Scarlett Johansson, who I think is part of this, uh, this, 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 this era of the crop of new stars, uh, she's kind of getting there because, like, she's like thirty, she's like thirty-four, you know, <laughs> or thirty-five. She's thirty-five years old, and like. If you notice the trend in her last two movies, uh, she she both those movies she played a mom, you know, Marriage Story, which is one of my favorite fucking movies. I love that movie, and Jojo Rabbit, like she played moms. Uh, so like they're starting to put Scarlett Johansson in the mom roles. So like it's gonna be after Black after Black Widow. Like I think she's done. You know, really, like, I think she's done with, like, the sex appeal shit, like, she's 35 years old, she is a mother, you know, and, like, that shit ain't sexy, uh, as Jessica Alba, but, so, like, it was, like, when she became a mom, like, it was lights out for her, she was done, uh, like, nobody wants to, nobody wants to, 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 to sex, to have a sexual fantasy about their mom, like, it's not cool, but anyway, uh, like I was saying, like the crop of new stars. Like I said, Scarlett Johansson was a part of that uh, too. I like to call this era the twenty-first uh, century young Hollywood era, you know, which I, I believe lasted from about like nineteen ninety-eight to like two thousand six. I want to say, pretty much like after two thousand six, they like gave up on all those guys. Like examples, like Josh Hartnett, Paul Walker. Uh, Jessica Alba, like I said, Scarlett Johansson, uh, 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 Chris Evans. Uh, who else would be in that in that category? Sean William Scott, like Seth Green, Jason Biggs, like a lot of those guys that were like popular. Chris Klein put Katie Holmes in that uh, in that crop too. Um, you know, like a lot of the, a lot of the, the young young Hollywood actors, Vin Diesel. You know, like I don't think he was that young, but I put him in that crop too because when he kind of he kind of latched onto that and rode it. You know, I would even put uh, I would even put Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, in that category too. Uh, you know, like like a lot of these like just like the young Hollywood era, where like it was just like we gotta find as many young actors <laughs> as we possibly can. And put them all in movies. Put them all in movies. Oh, like a, a, another big one, Freddie Prince Jr. Another big one. Uh, so I would have to say, yeah. And Save the Last Dance is a product of of Young Hollywood, the Young Hollywood era that was happening around that time. Because you got a you got a lot of young actors in here, uh, like Julia Stiles. 
was my man uh sean patrick thomas he's he's like one of the few like black actors that was part of that young hollywood era uh carrie washington you know like, I said, like only a handful of these people like really made it like carrie washington one scarlett johansson vin diesel still around uh, dwayne johnson still around uh who else I say Scarlett Johansson. Oh, Chris Evans, because Captain America kind of saved his career, <laughs> so he's still around. Uh, but like, like a lot of those, a lot of those uh, actors and actresses, like pretty much like fucking fell by the wayside. You know, like they were just they just dropped them. Uh, but yeah, Julia Stiles is kind of one of them too. Like a, a lot of the actors in Save the Last Dance kind of fell off. Sean Patrick Thomas fell off. Uh, the only one that really made it out of here was Kerry Washington. Like I said, like, Carrie Washington is the only one that became a huge fucking star. Like, she's out here doing the damn thing. I love, I love a lot of her work. A lot of her work is great. But, yeah, man, that's what Save the Last Dance is. It's kind of a product of that. A lot of them, a lot of the movies from the late 90s to the early 2000s, the mid-2000s is a product of the 21st century young Hollywood era. Uh, but, yeah, let's get into the movie. <laughs> so, let's get into this movie. Uh, Julia Stiles plays a young girl named Sarah, who is a ballet dancer. Her mom dies on the way to one of her performances. So, she has to move in uh, to what I'm guessing is like the south side of Chicago. So, she moves to what I... I had to look this up, actually. I had to go on Wikipedia because I did not know where she moved too because i think she moved i want to say they mentioned that she moved from indiana to uh wow this, okay oh <laughs> hope nobody heard all that stuff going on in the background sorry uh but i want to say that they she moved from indiana to uh the south side of chicago i think they mentioned that in the movie uh i think they mentioned that in the movie uh, I think her, 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 so, like, she's staying with her dad, right, on the south side of Chicago, and she's, um, she's, um, wait, no, hold on, I'm getting, I'm getting things mixed up, I'm getting things jumbled up in my brain right now, like, yeah, I think her dad mentioned, yeah, that's what it was, I think her dad mentioned that she moved from South, she was from South Bend, Indiana, and she moved to Chicago, like, I had to look this shit up. I didn't even know they were in Chicago. I thought they were in New York, honestly, because they're on tra- they're on a train and shit. And, like, they got a train and all this stuff. And, like, I've never really been to Chicago, honestly. I got I got people that live in Chicago, but, like, I've never been to Chicago. So, like, I thought it was New York, honestly. But, like, it's Chicago. But anyway, like, she, she goes over there to live with her dad. He's, like, a jazz musician. And he's trash. Like, her dad is fucking trash but i'm gonna get into him a little bit later <laughs> i'm gonna get into him a little bit later but anyway uh she moves to this new, she, she moves to this new school and she starts falling for a uh black ca- classmate named Derek, played by sean patrick thomas uh and she also becomes friends with his sister chanel played by carrie washington like that's that's pretty much the plot of this movie now now i'm going to get into why 
I hate this fucking movie. I'm going to get into why I hate it. First of all, first of all, Sarah is the epitome of white entitlement. It's like everybody has to be there for her. Like she's she's mad because her mom's not there for her. She she gets mad at her dad, even though he's trash, for not being there for her. She gets mad at everybody for not being with for not being there for her. Uh, whenever she gets into a rush, whenever she gets into a rough spot in her life, she falls apart. Like. She was a dancer. She tried off at Juilliard. Her mom wasn't there. And she fell the fuck apart. Like, she she crumbled like a piece of fucking wet paper. You know? <laughs> That's what she did. She crumbled like a piece of wet fucking paper. Because her mom wasn't there to see her dance. And she lost Juilliard. And she had to... It, it was kind of a thing... Oh, my God. It was kind of a thing of... What am I saying? It was kind of a thing. Of she's very like she's very codependent. I'm that's what I want to get at. She's very codependent. Uh, she's codependent on everybody. But like I'm gonna get I'm gonna get into a lot of her codependencies a little bit later on into this review. Let me get through some other shit. Uh, now, um, like I said, her dad is trash. Did I mention that her dad is trash? Her dad is trash. Uh, he's trash as fuck. He lived in he lived in like this fucking little shanty. He lives like this fucking shanty town. Uh, she comes and lives with him, and like he doesn't have a room for her. He doesn't like have a room ready for her. Uh, she she has to sleep on the goddamn couch. Uh, he's like he's feeding her fucking hungry man dinners every fucking day. I'm like I'm a sucker for a hungry man dinner too, but like I don't eat them every day. You know, like, I gotta get some type of fiber and nutrients in my system. You know, I'm not eating fucking Hungry Man every goddamn day. You know, like, that's not something that you feed a child every goddamn day. You gotta put some fruits and some vegetables and some shit. You know, like, it's a feeding your child. You know, like, you can't just feed them Hungry Man every day. (laughs) That's not cool. Uh, but... Another thing I want to get to is, like, these teenagers look home, old as fuck. Because, uh, like, there was one thing I was saying. Because, like, the dad's not in the movie very often. He comes around every now and again when it's convenient. Uh, they go to the school. There's not a lot of teachers there. I think they only showed, like, one teacher uh, at the beginning when uh they want to uh, introduce like the kind of like tension slash chemistry between Sarah and Derek, because uh, like they're in the classroom and like the teachers talking and kind of like a smart ass teacher too, <laughs> you know? Like I was like he, he I think he would have he would have got stolen off, <laughs> like because like he's teaching in a hood school and like the south side of Chicago and like he ain't got shot or like cracked in his motherfucking jaw, like none of that. <laughs> it was like he just just reckless with his goddamn mouth he's really reckless with his mouth but yeah he's the only like adult other adult that they show in this movie uh like there's no adults in 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 a cafeteria there's no adults uh when they're walking down the halls like you know how like there's like a teacher that's kind of like a hall monitor or something like that like hey back to class getting class hold on you guys go to class you know like you always got a teacher like that 
I always had teachers like, hey, Gabe, come here, get in the class, get in the class. You're like, you always had a teacher like that. You always had a teacher in the goddamn lunchroom, you know, like monitoring the goddamn lunchroom. You say, hey, hey, sit down. I see you, Terrence. Terrence, sit down. Sit, sit down. You know, like, there was none of that. <laughs> there was none of that in this, uh, in this school. And you know why? Because they don't need any adult supervision because the teenagers are fucking adults. I was like, these motherfuckers gotta be at least like 35. I was like, uh, I looked up, uh, uh, Sean Patrick Thomas. Uh, This nigga's 50. Like, Sean Patrick Thomas is 50 now. If he's 50 now, that nigga was 30 when he did Save the Last Dance. (laughs) Like, cause I'm going like, cause like, Save the Last Dance came out 20 years ago, or like close to 20 years ago. So he's like, he's 30. This nigga, this nigga is 30 years old playing a fucking high school kid. (laughs) I was like, are you serious? I think uh, Kerry Washington had to be like 24. Federal stars in this movie. Federal stars in this movie. This nigga was in like Onyx in like 1993. You know, so he had he got it. We at least 35. The youngest one, I want to say, is Julia Stiles. I want to say she was, like, uh, 20, I want to say. She's 20. Like, nobody's under the age of 19 in this goddamn movie. Nobody's under the age of 19 in this movie. Everybody is well into their 30s, like, 20s and 30s in this goddamn movie. I think I said Kerry Washington. Like, like I said, Kerry Washington had to be, like, at least, like, 23, 24 years old doing this movie. Uh... You know, it was like everybody's old as shit in this movie playing fucking teenagers. It's like, that's what I like now. I like, for the most part, it's like the teenagers look like teenagers now when they put them in movies and TV shows and stuff like that. Especially like my favorites, my favorites are like the Stranger Things kids because those kids are teenagers and they look like teenagers. They even look younger than teenagers. They look like they're like fucking 12, you know, but they're like 15, 16 years old. And like, and I like that. I like that. Like, cause like, that's what fucking kids look like now. <laughs> like these kids look young as shit. They really do. They look like little babies. They look, they look like little pocket monsters. <laughs> that's what they do. They look like little pocket monsters, little pocket teenagers these days. But <laughs> anyway, uh, Let's go. Let's let's talk about my man Derek over here. Uh, Derek manages to be uh, the magical Negro and the Mandingo trope at the same time, and I don't think I've ever seen that before or since. Save the Last Dance, where you could be the magical Negro helping a white girl with her problems. And then you dicking her down. You know, I've never, I've never seen that. Matter of fact, I think every black person in this movie is either here to help Sarah or be an obstacle for Sarah. Uh, Cause Chanel and Derek are both kind of like the helpful. Um, they're like the helpful black people, the magical, mystical Negro teenagers. Uh, and you got, um, uh, 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 Derek's ex-girlfriend played by, uh, Bianca Lawson. 
man is she hot uh <laughs> good lord uh I just had to throw that in there. Uh, I still love me some Kerry Washington too. Kerry Washington will forever be Kerry Washington will forever be be Bay. Oh my God, I love her, fucking love her. But anyway, I'm not talking about that. I digress. But anyway, like everybody in this movie is either like an obstacle or helping her. Like I said, like Bianca Lawson's character is a is an obstacle because like she's standing between Sarah and Derek, and she wants Derek back and all this shit. And, uh, Fredro Starr's character, uh, what's his name? Malachi? Yeah, Malachi is an obstacle for, uh, for, for Sarah, too, because, like, he's trying to pull, because, like, Malachi's supposed to be, like, this thug dude, and, like, he's trying to pull Derek into the street life again or some shit, because, like, Derek used to be, like, used to be a grimy nigga or some shit, which I don't see that out of Sean Patrick Thomas, but... I may be wrong. He might be a grimy nigga in real life. I don't know. Shit. But uh, <laughs> I don't know Sean Patrick Thomas. But uh, yeah, man, everybody in this movie is either here to help Sarah or be an obstacle for Sarah. Every black person in this movie. It was like none of these black people have any agency to themselves. And she don't help nobody else. She don't help nobody. Uh, Derek has his problems. She don't give a fuck. Chanel raising a baby by herself and she got a deadbeat baby daddy. Uh, she don't care. Uh, Sarah don't Sarah don't give a fuck. Sarah is trash. I, I guess she could be trash because her dad's trash. But like Sarah don't give a fuck about anybody but Sarah. I'm like she is fucking problematic. <laughs> she is a problematic ass character. Cause like I said, like she don't care about what she don't care what's going on with Derek. She don't, she don't care what's going on with, uh, her friend, supposed friend, Chanel, because even when Chanel is, um, venting about her problems and venting to why, uh, because, like, this is whole, like, interracial, uh, the whole interracial dating trope, which I, I don't like, no, not interracial dating, I just don't like the trope of interracial dating, it's like, oh, we can't be together, everybody's watching us, and blah, 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 <laughs> fuck about y'all i see interracial couples all the time and i don't give a fuck you know <laughs> i really don't i don't give a shit about an interracial couple i'm in my own couple i'm like i don't give a damn about what y'all doing i i don't i really don't care but they got like all these things like this like the white people looking at them there's like there's like a thing where like this white lady was on the train looking at him she's like Ugh. look he's getting his He's got his nigger hands all over that beautiful white skin. Or some shit like that. And, uh, I think Malachi doesn't really approve of their relationship. Um, uh, 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 and then Chanel comes in and she was just telling her, just venting to her about her brother. Because her brother uh, really like changed his life around. Derek really changed his life around and started getting good grades. And he got accepted to Georgetown. And, like, he's going over there. He's going in to become a doctor. And so Chanel's, like, kind of venting because she got pregnant for a nigga that really ain't doing shit. And, you know, which I'm kind of like, that's kind of your fault. But, um, but, like, she's venting. You know, like, she's venting. Like, and she's frustrated. She got to take care of this child by herself. And she was just telling her, she was just telling Sarah how she felt. 
and Sarah got offended and walked out. You know, instead of fucking hearing her out and talking to her and being her friend and helping her through her tough times, she gets up and she walks out. Sarah don't give a fuck about nobody but Sarah. You know, she don't care. Like I said, the interracial dating trope is trash because they try to make it like they love each other, but Derek is the only one showing love. Like Derek took her took her to the um Derek took her to the goddamn uh ballet. Derek trying to get her ready to go dance to, to dance for she's trying to get, try out for Juilliard again. He's he's getting her ready to dance for Juilliard. He showing up, you know, showing up and showing out for her. Does she do that for does she do that for Derek? No. Uh, she doesn't do that for Derek. Derek gets in trouble with uh, Malachi. Is she is she fucking there for him? No. Uh, she don't give a fuck. She don't love Derek. She lusts for Derek. She don't give a shit about Derek. Uh, and I like I just feel like their relationship. I just feel like their relationship did not last. Uh, cause like at the end of the movie, she gets into Juilliard. Like I said, my man Derek gets into Georgetown. Uh, goes to uh goes to goes there to become a doctor. She goes to Juilliard to become a dancer, and I just felt like their relationship didn't last. Even that towards the end, I was like, yeah, they ain't together no more. <laughs> I was like, they are not together anymore because uh I think like they're like they're in a long distance relationship. What I think happened is like uh Derek found like some uh black med student like some black girl trying to be a doctor they they got together and they became the fucking huxtables probably right now that's what happened with them and uh sarah ended up at juilliard and she ended up with some like weird art student guy and like they're doing they're doing their thing and that's how i feel what happened to them uh and even chanel somebody i think somebody mentioned this i was like doing research they like chanel doesn't even get a happy ending you know she's still stuck in the fucking hood with this baby i don't know they kind of show like the baby daddy coming around but what does he do you know like what does he do you don't know like he, he was probably just around for a week because like she was bitching to him and then he was like oh i gotta come around and then like he left i don't know who the fuck knows like we don't really get a we don't really get a, a solid happy ending for chanel that kind of pissed me off too so but yeah man I'm like i fucking hate this movie <laughs> i really do this movie was trash i'm trying to think about how when i used to watch it when i was a teenager i was like i never really liked this movie as a teenager either honestly i just watched it because it was on <laughs> come to think about it i just watched it because it was on that was it i never want to watch this movie again i give it a one out of five that's my score join me next week when I review, oh man, this one's gonna be, <laughs> this one's going to be a kicker. Cause this would, I was like, oh my God, I gotta do this movie right now. I wanted to do, I wanted to save this movie for way later. I want, I really wanted to save this movie for way later down the line, but I'm like, I gotta do this now. I gotta do this now because it's on my brain and I really, I just really wanna watch it again. Join me next week when I talk about the 2003 cult classic The Room peace everybody <laughs>